Hello, everyone. Happy Monday. Happy Memorial Day on top of that. I hope you've taken some time today to reflect on the true meaning of the day, that it's not just a long weekend, that this is a somber holiday that we have the privilege of celebrating here in America, the greatest country to ever exist. And that is largely due to our armed forces and the brave men and women who have fought and died to defend our country throughout its history. So make sure today, if you have the chance, you try to find a veteran, thank a veteran that you know. And if you don't know anyone, just take a moment to pause and reflect on the gravity of how many lives have been lost to preserve our current freedoms. Never take this holiday for granted. If you're spending time with family today, I hope you have a wonderful day. But with that said, it is the last day of May today, which means tomorrow is an important day for those of you who are following along with me to do the Proverbs 31-day devotional challenge. So I know there's 31 days in June and there's 31 chapters in Proverbs, so I figured we would probably end up just doubling up on the last two chapters, which is totally fine. But today I wanted to give a brief overview for the book itself as a whole, just place it in context within scripture, within time, when it was written, who wrote it, who it's written to. I know most people are probably somewhat familiar already with the book of Proverbs. It's a pretty common book to have referenced in the Old Testament, but I think there's some important things that we need to point out specifically before we start actually studying it chapter by chapter so that you really know what you're going to be studying and the gravity that it holds. So as the name Proverbs suggests, Proverbs is a book of wise sayings. A lot of times we think of Confucius when we think of Proverbs, just these little blurbs of wisdom that are supposed to help you through life. You know, it's the fortune cookie kind of sayings. However, because this is coming out of the Bible, we know that it is divinely inspired and trustworthy and useful for teaching and correction and all of that. So the Proverbs that are found in scripture obviously hold a lot more authority than what you are going to find in your Chinese food that you've ordered. So the author of Proverbs is mostly credited to King Solomon. He was the wisest king of Israel. But there are a couple random chapters at the end, the last two chapters that were written by these two individuals that we know nothing about other than their names. Their names are Agur and Lemuel. Probably not pronouncing that correct correctly. Not super relevant. So generally speaking, Proverbs is credited to have been written by King Solomon. So whenever I reference the author, just assume that I'm talking about Solomon even though we know that there were a couple other people involved. The book itself was started during Solomon's reign, which was about 971 to 931 BC, so writing this over the course of a 40-year period. However, we don't think that the book was actually put together as one cohesive whole until King Hezekiah came around about 200 years later. So if you do know anything about Israel's history in the Old Testament, you'll know that King Hezekiah is famous for being one of the best and godliest and most righteous kings that 
Israel ever had. So it's no surprise that he had great respect for Solomon's writing and probably was like, hmm, these seem like they're really important. You know, it would be a nice thing to do. Put them all together in a book so that everyone can read them. So that's what he did. So 40 years-ish of writing from Solomon, 200-year gap until Hezekiah digs it all up. And we're pretty confident that what we have from Hezekiah is, is basically exactly what is now in Proverbs today. Now, the way that Proverbs is organized is sometimes a little bit chaotic. Every proverb can stand by itself. So sometimes it can be a little bit difficult to identify overarching themes, but there are several specific themes that are ongoing throughout Proverbs. So it's important to know about them beforehand so that you can be on the lookout for them when they pop up. And that helps make the randomness sometimes of the book a little bit more cohesive as you're able to just connect the dots between things. So obviously the first theme in Proverbs is wisdom. You find that out in the very first chapter. The most famous book or famous verse quoted from Proverbs is usually chapter one, verse seven, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and discipline. So right there, we're already seeing that wisdom is a theme. Um, there's categories of people who are brought up as themes. The three of them that we'll see are the wise, the foolish, and the simple. So the wise are generally categorized as people who are just committed to God's word. They've committed their lives to him, are submitted to his teaching, and dedicated to following um, godly wisdom. Fools then are the exact opposite. Total other end of the spectrum here. They're rebellious to God's word. They don't accept it. They think it's ridiculous. They kind of have this arrogant, mocking attitude. Um, and we'll see the strong language that is used to describe them in a very condemning manner pretty early on. Then you have this kind of middle group of people that depending on the translation that you're using, they are called the simple. You might see them called the inexperienced or the gullible or the naive. These are just people who are kind of happy floating through life and sitting on the fence with a lot of things. Um, maybe Jesus would have categorized them as the lukewarm people that we see him referenced in the New Testament, people that he would have spit out of his mouth. Be hot or cold, but don't be somewhere in the middle. So three themes of people, wise, foolish, simple. And I think this is a really interesting tactic to do as you study. Kind of a fun little side project, if you want to, is to keep a running list of the characteristics of each group as they pop up. By the end of your 31 chapters, you will have a nice pattern emerging and be able to clearly identify all these traits of these individuals, and you'll start seeing them pop up in people that you know, and maybe even in yourself and in the world and in culture. And it's just very eye-opening. So either keep a running list. Sometimes what I like to do is just have different colored pens or different colored highlighters that I've assigned to each group of people. And then I just keep a running list or running, you know, highlights as I go along. The other themes in Proverbs are very practical areas of life. Proverbs isn't just reserved for specifically people. It is an intensely practical book, and it touches on basically every single sphere of life that we deal with. So 
we have Proverbs that talk specifically about God, um, his blessings and curses, the commands of God, the fear of God, how God sees man, how man sees God, what the way of wisdom looks like, what God hates, what God loves. We see descriptions of mankind himself, the adversity that we face, um, drunkenness, happiness, man's heart, humility versus pride, patience versus anger, seduction, envy. You know, there's even stuff that talks about physical health, um, the importance of taking care of yourself, you know, working hard, strength, and then, of course, avoiding stupidity. We have lots of instructions on relationships, not just reserved for marriage and romantic relationships, but everything from friendship to your neighbors, people you might not necessarily know super well, but have day-to-day interactions with, parents and children, what to do when you get into a fight, how not to fall into adultery, controlling the tongue. We have proverbs that deal with money specifically, envy, debt, generosity, gluttony, security, wealth, poverty, all that jazz. And then lastly, we have proverbs that deal strictly with areas of the world. So things that are like, what is my calling? What am I supposed to be doing in this life? How to be diligent as you're living in the world? What faithfulness looks like? The reality of good versus evil and righteousness versus wickedness, hope and mercy, laziness and slothfulness, and of course, justice. So Proverbs pretty much doesn't pull any punches. And if you've ever read Ecclesiastes, you'll also know that Solomon was an intensely observant person. So he makes it pretty clear right from the get-go in both of those books, Proverbs, but also Ecclesiastes, that he has taken time to intensely examine all areas of life and things that might pop up for a person at one point or another and how we can find the wisdom or the foolishness in those situations. So this is truly an invaluable book. It's probably one of the most relevant books of the Bible right now because we are clearly seeing a collapse of wisdom in our culture. People just do not know where to turn. And unfortunately, a lot of that happens to Christians as well, which is why I thought that especially for these times, it was important to just dive straight into Proverbs and hit that head on. The next thing I wanted to point out was just who Proverbs is written to. We see Solomon saying, my son, all the time, even though this individual is not ever specifically named. He probably is actually talking to one of his sons. But we also notice that this is a younger son. He is not talking to someone who is fully matured. So right there, we can observe this relation between wisdom being passed on generationally, or sorry, generationally through the father-son relationship. And If we are honest with ourselves and look out into our culture, we see trends of mass fatherlessness. So conclusion we can draw from that is that when we see foolishness, it might be because there's a little bit of a fallout there of that generational responsibility for the elder generation to pass on wisdom to their children. So even though Proverbs is specifically written to this individual called my son. It is, however, applicable still to everyone else. Um, Proverbs seems to be especially directed at young people, people who are just learning about all of the snares and traps that the world might throw at them. But 
if you wouldn't consider yourself a young person. Obviously, Solomon, writing from his perspective, did not necessarily consider himself a young person. It is still going to be 100,000% relevant for you. Last thing I wanted to cover is just the method that we're actually going to use to study this book. You might already be familiar with it if you've ever been in a Bible study of any kind before. It's pretty common because of the structure of Proverbs and how categorical it is and how succinctly it's laid out. I thought this would be the most practical and kind of common sense method to use anyways. It's called the SOAP method. And yes, SOAP as in hand soap. Um, it's an acronym. The SOAP stands for scripture, observation, application, and prayer. So take a second to write that down. Again, SOAP stands for scripture, observation, application, and prayer. So as you're reading every chapter, you want to have a notebook, put S-O-A-P kind of spaced out in the left margin so you have room to write things down as you go. For scripture, you are just going to pull out probably multiple verses, you know, maybe two or three verses that really stuck out to you because the Proverbs are so short from every chapter. And you're just going to write those down. So don't write anything about them yet. Just put them down as, hey, this really popped out to me. Found something super relevant in there. Then once you get done with your chapter and you've written down your verses, you go to the next letter, O, which is observation. And this is where you write down your thoughts about why those scriptures actually stood out to you. Hey, maybe I just had an interaction that is word for word what this Proverbs talked about. And I really could have used the advice then, so on and so forth. Then the application is pretty self-explanatory. How then are you now going to apply this to your life? Have you just experienced a little bit of conviction or leading from the Holy Spirit that there's an area of your life that you need to work on? Or in the past, you've been foolish in an area. Maybe God has already done work in you and you can just be thankful that you have applied this to your life already. And then lastly, the prayer is specifically praying that you would be able to submit yourself to God's word, that his word would become alive and active in you, that you would see the fruits of it in your life, and also take time to pray this for other people. Now, obviously, we never want to weaponize the word and be like, wow, my mother-in-law or something is so foolish, and I just hope she gets convicted by this proverb I just read. No, that's not what I'm saying. I think, though, it's really important to use scripture to direct our prayers towards what God's heart is for not just us as an individual, but for every person to experience. And like I keep saying, we are seeing that kind of deconstruction of our culture right now. Lots of people in need of wisdom. So just praying those things generally over our culture as a whole. So that is how I'm going to be proceeding on this study. From here on out, everything is going to be written unless I decide that there's something super important that I need to record a quick podcast about. So keep an eye open on your email. I will have emails scheduled 
to hit your inbox first thing in the morning. So you can decide if you want to do your SOAP method before you actually even read the email that I'm going to send out. This is going to be a personal study, so anything that I write, I don't want it to influence anything that you might be searching for in your time in the Word. Don't want your thoughts to be influenced by my thoughts. However, if Proverbs is totally new to you, if you've never done a Bible study before, if you're new to digging into the Word in a more thorough way, I would encourage you to read my emails first. Not that I am some theological expert, but also this isn't my first rodeo, and I have probably read and studied Proverbs more than 20 times in my life. So I'm just going to send out a short email. It's probably only going to be two, maybe three paragraphs long, something that's super quick to read because I know you also have an entire chapter to get through in writing as well. I'm hoping that this will only take about 45 minutes or so, maybe a little bit more, maybe a little bit less, depending on how quickly you read and write. But I didn't want this to be something that was going to seem like a daily burden. However, this is, like I said, 31 chapters. We're getting through it in 30 days. So make a commitment with yourself. Carve out that time in the morning. Try not to fall behind. And let's prepare our hearts and minds to have the Lord speak to us. All right. Well, that is all for today. Keep an eye on your emails tomorrow because that is when that first devotional will be dropping for you guys. Feel free to message me at any time if you have questions about anything. I'd love to talk to you about anything the Lord might be speaking to you, questions you might have, and hopefully we can learn more about him together. Have a great day, guys.